Welcome to Edge of the Nest, a podcast for those ready to spread their wings and experience the fullness of life's journey. Hi, we are Erica and Cassie, two souls on a shared mission to nudge ourselves and others by recognizing growth as a process that is ongoing, vulnerable, conscious, involves a community, and happens in tandem. So come on in and let's take the leap together. Hello and welcome back to Edge of the Nest. I'm Cassie and Erica's with us in spirit today, but even though she's not physically with us, this message is definitely from both Erica and myself. And interestingly enough, today's topic was inspired by a conversation with a mom who both Erica and I have worked with. And so Jay, this is my shout out to you. Thank you so much for that powerful conversation a few months ago. Without it, we wouldn't have this episode. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And the timing of this topic feels really good because this episode will be made available on May 1st, 2023, which means that just in a few weeks, we are going to be celebrating Mother's Day. And I just can't think of a better way to honor all of the mothers listening and to celebrate Mother's Day than to bring forward this conversation. Now, I'd like to start off by reflecting on what the narrative that you have for yourself around your experience as a mother, and then compare that to the narrative that maybe you see just out in the world, maybe in mainstream, maybe you've heard from other people. Because if it's anything like me, I have a pretty different narrative for myself. My experience as a mother is very different than what I hear, see, and read in media, on TV, magazines, social media, but quite frankly, even from people that I know personally. And that is um, across generations. I've heard these things from people in all generations. I don't believe that it's just an old generation thing or a new generation thing. Um, I think that it's a narrative that really has uh, permeated our, our culture pretty strongly. And so let me tell you that my narrative personally about motherhood is that Yes, it can be difficult at times, but it's also incredibly heart-centered, joyful, um, challenging in a growth way. It's not just an opportunity for me to raise my beautiful boys but and, and then to experience that with my husband, but it's also an opportunity of self-discovery, and I really value my motherhood experience. And yet when I look out into mainstream, into the world, the narrative that I see is very negatively biased. I hear things like, oh, motherhood is so hard. It's never ending. It's um, exhausting. It's just a constant state of guilt or you're never going to stop worrying once you become a mother. And it's just interesting to me because even though there's elements of those, those things in my experience – there's a really strong bias towards these negative factors. And then the other thing is that not only is that the narrative, right, that motherhood is basically just really hard, makes you feel guilty, and makes you worry all the time. But on top of it, we are very much rewarded for being self, self-sacrificing, self for us to put everyone else's needs before ours and to have nothing left for ourselves, And if you don't believe me, you can just easily look at some social media posts um, from people who love their, you know, their mothers, mother figures, whoever they might be, and have such wonderful intentions. But what, what comes forward in the message is, oh, she's a great mother because she ignores her own needs and takes care of everyone else first. Um, And so, you know, that either may be brought forth in a really obvious way or maybe in a less obvious way. But if you really look, you will see it. And I think that this is a real problem because 
And it, I mean, it, it affects our quality of life, right? We deserve to experience the full nature of what it was meant to be human. But even more, if we really tap into this idea that we were designed as humans first and that we became mothers during our human experience, we need to think about what our human design is. And we as humans are designed to have balance. For example, we are designed to have action and rest, darkness and lightness, in the Chinese culture, there's all, you know, talk about the yin and the yang and how it's important that we have a balance of both in order to have optimal well-being, health, and vitality. You know, I mean, that's just one example. And give and take is just another example, too, that we were never, never designed to only give. We were designed to receive in addition to giving. And without this type of balance, we can risk harm to ourselves or we can even experience death. Now, that might sound melodramatic, but let's think about it from physical death. So think about our ancestors. If the mothers at the time only prepared food and gave it all away and didn't take any for themselves and didn't receive nourishment, what would happen? Well, of course, they would starve to death, right? And, you know, that may be less representative nowadays, but, you know, there's still psychological death, spiritual death, right? I mean, we don't want to lose a part of ourselves because I hear that too, that there are many mothers who feel like they've lost a part of themselves. And so a part of them has died, right? But we don't have to experience that. We can bring back, we can resurrect those experiences for ourselves and those parts of ourselves. Because again, we were designed as humans first. We were meant and deserve to experience humanness regardless of our life roles. And so I also want to point out that, you know, not only is this just kind of our, our birthright, if you will, but if we are thinking back to benefiting our children, there's actually a lot of reason for us to take care of ourselves now because it actually affects our children's future health. So there's research available that really links the state of maternal physical and mental health and its relationship to their children. And interestingly enough, mother's health actually has more impact on kids' outcomes compared to paternal or father's health, which is really interesting and you know has been unpacked a little bit in the research. So you could go out and look that um, look at that a little bit more yourself. We'll keep it kind of simple here for now, and we're not going to unpack that part of it. But that's just that's what the the research is showing us is that basically us as mothers and our health, both physical and um, and mental, has more impact on our children. And so if we want our children to be well physically, emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, whatever it might be, if we want to our children to experience vitality in their future, then it's really important we take of take care of our health right now. Okay. And so there's a lot of reasons. There are altruistic reasons. There's just human reasons um, for us to us to take care of ourselves in addition to everyone else. So how do we find that alignment? How do we make sure that we are living in alignment now or identify an imbalance? And then what do we do about that? Well, I would like to invite us to think about, and this isn't going to be an actual math situation, but think about the ratio of how much of your day you are giving versus how much of the day are you receiving. And, you know, it certainly doesn't need to be 50-50 and absolutely doesn't need to be 50-50 on a daily basis. Um, there's naturally going to be times when you are giving more, but then the hope is, and the, in, and the intention that you can put behind it is that you create space for receiving as well. 
Now, of course, you know, when we're talking about receiving, we could be talking about tangible items, gifts, things like that. We certainly could. But I really want to highlight more of the intangibles. Um, We can't see them, and yet they make a really huge impact on our lives. So, So we can receive things like time, maybe for extra sleep or to be able to just take a walk by ourselves or take a bath. Um, go out on, you know, go go out with our friends for a night, or even have a weekend getaway. But we could also receive assistance with tasks, with household chores, whatever it might be. Maybe it's helping clean the house, or getting groceries, or picking up the kids. Whatever it might be, we can receive assistance with that. But another one that maybe is even less tangible is the idea that we can receive permission to release guilt, and. I would like to encourage us to be able to find that permission within ourselves, but we can also receive that from others. So an example of guilt-free permission would be simply being able to take care of ourselves when we're sick. Because I hear phrases like, oh, moms don't get sick. They don't have time for that. And then I hear things about the man flu um, and how, you know, when men get sick, oh, they're on the couch all day and they're out of commission and they're no, no help at all. And then the mom gets sick with the same thing and that, and then she just keeps going because without it, how, how would life go on? Right. But I'm here to challenge that and to question if you really just took care of yourself for a day and you, if you needed to go sleep in your room all day long because you were sick to help yourself recover more quickly, would the house really fall apart? Would everything just go completely awry? I mean, I'm not in your shoes. I don't have the answer. The genuine answer might be yes. But what about those of you out there who maybe the answer is no, even though it's really uncomfortable to acknowledge that. And sometimes it's about us shifting our dynamics within our family system to show our family that We do prioritize ourselves in addition to everyone else in that family and that if mom needs to take a break for whatever reason it might be, that mom's going to do it because it actually helps support the family as a whole, okay? So these are just examples. Um, But then, so thinking about what we can receive, we've really already covered, but then let's talk about what might be the barriers to receiving in the first place. What is getting in your way? Now, I want to share right now, you know, vulnerably for you that, you know, this hasn't always been easy for me and it isn't even always easy now. So I'm an only child, and for the bulk of my life, my mom was really my primary caregiver. And my mom is a very independent person, um, especially when she became a single mom, and she takes a lot of pride in that. And there's, I mean, for good reason, right? There, There is a lot to be proud of when you can do a lot for yourselves. And so I was also raised to be very independent, self-sufficient, self-reliant, all of these things. And that's great. It's served a a wonderful purpose. And let me tell you, it also instilled a a value or not a value, but a belief for me for a long time that it meant that I couldn't rely on others. And so I began to know what it was like to just do all of the things and wear all of the hats. And it was really hard for me to accept help. I, you know, people would offer help all the time. Oh, can I do that? Can I do that for you? No, 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 I've got it. I've got it. Because gosh, I wasn't supposed to rely on anybody else, right? Well, you know, now I'm definitely singing a different tune, especially as I have faced um, some health issues for myself. My, my physical body helped communicate in a pretty clear way. Like Cassie, you can't be the workhorse that you, that you have been. 
Um, you need to find more balance. You need to find alignment. And so I have gone through periods of self-discovery for myself, and I am now somebody who it is much easier for me to say yes when when help is offered. Um, that's almost like, yeah, I would say it's pretty easy, pretty automatic for me. Um, but where an area that I'm still growing in is actually proactively asking for help and being aware of when I need help. Because sometimes when I'm in my, or I shouldn't even say sometimes, a lot of times my default mode when I become stressed or overwhelmed is to kind of just like bear my head down and get all the things done, right? Oh, I'm feeling stressed because I got, I've got all this on my plate. So let me go ahead and just focus on getting it, getting it all done, right? Check it all off um, so I won't be stressed anymore. So that's kind of my default mode. And yet the problem is sometimes that I've got my head down so so far in the sand that I don't realize, ooh, I could enlist help here. I could ask for help. Ooh, this is where I need help. This is where I would like help, things like that. And so I'm still growing in this too. Um, I've come a really long way, but there's still a, a, a long way to go. And a part of me feels like this will probably always require some conscious effort on my part um, moving forward. And that's okay with me because it really has helped me find more alignment and more balance and then therefore better health. So anyway, so let's think about what the barriers to receiving might be. So it might be that you have a difficult you have difficulty with accepting help that is already offered to you. You know, like I said, that was my default for a long time was nope, nope, I've got it, I've got it. And is is help even ever offered to you? Is that something that is even an option for you? Um and if not, if you can authentically say, gosh, yeah, I, people don't help, don't offer help to me. It might be time to um, think about that and think about how you can communicate that to the people in your life that really could be of help. And we'll talk about that a little bit more um, when we get to the actionable steps. And then also, you know, another barrier might be that you're just not aware that you need or want help. And like I said, that's the case for me at times. And then also another barrier might be, is it really hard for you to proactively ask for help, you know, for whatever reason? You are worried that you're the only one that can do it right. Um, you don't want to seem incompetent. I mean, right, there's a lot of different reasons. So I think it's really helpful for us to first think about our ratio of how much am I giving versus how much am I receiving. If we can really be honest with ourselves and notice that there is not balance there and there's not alignment, then we need to think about those barriers. And then once we've been able to identify the barriers, then I think it's really helpful for us to take some action, right? Um, so we can ask ourselves questions. We can ask, gosh, why is it hard for me to ask for help? What is that about? And again, I, you know, I've shared with you that the why for me for a long time was part of my upbringing and it served great purposes. This isn't about pointing fingers at anybody um, because, you know, I, I'm also, I'm also a, a business owner, um, you know, very happy with, you know, who I am. And if I didn't learn self-sufficiency and reliance and things like that and just how to work hard, I might not be where I was, where I am today, right? And so, and yet, and yet there was parts of the upbringing that really led to the fact that it was really hard for me to ask for help. So anyway, so you can ask yourself that. Why is it hard for me to ask for help? You know, if you notice that you are just not being offered help, period, it might be time to talk to your partner, your spouse, or another adult in the home, or maybe an older child, like um, 
you know, maybe upper teenager or um, even a, an adult child, if there's somebody in the home that developmentally it would be appropriate for them to help you more, it might be really valuable for you to have a conversation and say, hey, I struggle to ask for help and I'm feeling like I need to receive a little bit more. I need to find more balance. And so if you see me struggling, will you do me a favor and please offer help where you feel like you can? Um, it might just be time to have that type of conversation. And then another actionable step, simple but uncomfortable, say yes. Say yes. If you are offered the help, just say yes. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how hard it was for me at first to say yes. But I did it and I did it and I did it again. And over time, it became much easier and I welcome it now. And then we can also think about, well, gosh, what is what could I receive help with? What do I need help with? Who can help me? And because sometimes, and this is actually something that my um, my life coach helped me with, was to really like break down. And she she was guiding me from a business perspective, but this also translated into homes home life too, which is break down what needs to be done and think who could help me with this. What parts of this do I need help with? And that can just be really helpful. It doesn't mean that you need to go ask for help every single time with every single task, but just being able to start to think about what it would be like to receive assistance can help, especially when you are somebody who isn't even aware when you could use the assistance, right? And of course, these are just a few actionable steps, but I really invite you to think about your own solutions as well, because you are the only one living your unique life. And so you might think of things that nobody else would. And so just really taking some time to think about these, I think could be really, really helpful for you to be able to find even more alignment so that you are finding more time and space for yourself as a human, right? As a human, as a woman, um, and then as a mother, right? Because at the end of the day, you deserve to receive just as much as your children, just as much as your partner, just as much as your your own mother, your own father, anybody in your life, the people that you love want you to receive as well because they want you to be well, both physically and emotionally and mentally. And you owe it to yourself, but you also owe it to those that you love because again, now we understand that your state of well-being absolutely affects your children. And so I would like to end this with a little quote from Heather Chauvin's website. If you've not heard about Heather Chauvin before, um, I highly recommend you check out her website. You check out her um, her podcast. I've been listening to her podcast. It's now called Emotionally Uncomfortable for ooh, probably five years or so. It's really, really powerful. And she wrote a very powerful book called Dying to Be a Good Mother. And it is really all about her journey of self-discovery of how to prioritize and take care of herself, except for she had to do it while going through cancer treatment for a stage four cancer. And she did, she beat it. She survived it. But boy, oh boy, it was, it was an emotional journey for her. And at the end of the day, she recognized that had she put herself first um, or prioritized herself sooner, she may have never been there in the first place. So anyway, check out Heather Heather Chauvin's website. I will also put it in the show notes. But I just really like this quote, and it's actually in relation to her book called Dying to Be a Good Mother. Heather writes, it's time to debunk all the toxic myths about what being a good mother actually is and let motherhood be a joyful, so-fulfilled self-discovery journey. 
So with that, my friends, I leave you and I hope that it is a powerful message for you and for all of you mothers and mother figures out there. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. And for everyone else, make sure you let the woman that you know in your life, especially if she's a mother to anyone, let her know how much she deserves to receive and to be her own human self. Take care, everyone.